In order to keep their current core together, the Chargers put themselves way over the 2024 salary cap. Does that mean this is the last year of their current Super Bowl window? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we are getting into a loaded question, and we're talking about, is this going to be the last best chance for the Chargers to win a Super Bowl in their current Super Bowl window? And we're going to talk about why that is, because after this season, they're going to have some very difficult decisions to make on players that they're going to be able to bring back and players that they're going to have to let go. And we're going to have to take a look at some of those 2024 free agents and how they factor into those decisions as well. Exactly. It's all part of the same big question, which is, can this team keep as competitive as they are this year? Will they have a better chance in 2024 than they have in 2023? Right now, it's hard to see it that way. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. This comes from a great question that we got from Ben in Missouri who called in with a voicemail and we'll get into the voicemail in a little bit. But the question was this, is this the Chargers last chance at a Super Bowl this year because of all the restructures and things like that? And because of the fact that next season in 2024, the Chargers are $60 million over the cap after picking up Justin Herbert's fifth year option. That's hard to mess around with. That's hard to, you know, find out how they're going to get under, but not only get under, but stay competitive. And I think when answering that question, David, I think the answer is this is this current core's last best chance at a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, and I have to agree with you 100%. And, and I think you look at it like this. This is the last chance that you have with your quarterback on a rookie contract that where you can win the Super Bowl, where you have that blueprint. That blueprint right now is starting to fade away, okay? So this is the last year, and the Chargers certainly believe that it is their best chance because of the moves that you talked about, those restructures that they did with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen restructuring all of their deals. That's basically the Chargers saying, I'm pushing all of my chips into the center. I, I did not get to see this core last year. I want to be able to see what they are capable of doing. I am going to go all in and see, and hopefully we get the results that we were expecting to get last year. Yeah, it does seem like in, in some way they are kind of going all in, especially from the standpoint of for this current GM, right, and coaching staff. Like, this could yeah. be the last year. So, like, are they just pushing it ahead of, and saying, hey, we'll deal with it when they get there? Yeah. That in the short term is going to help them. In the long term, we'll have to see how it happens because I think when you're looking at this upcoming season, you feel good about the talent on this roster, especially if you can get a regression to the mean as far as health goes and just be a little bit healthier. Yeah. But at the same time, you 
made yourself $60 million over the cap in 2024, which makes it hard to say, okay, well, this year doesn't mean anything, right? This year is very, very important because you do have this core of guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, even JC Jackson, right? Because of his contract situation, yeah. all those names could be in doubt going into 2024. So as far as these guys in this current core, like it's going to have to be at least a major redesign in 2024. Like there's going to be some things that have to happen. It's hard to imagine with cap hits over $32.5 million for all of Bosa, Mack, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen, that they're going to be able to keep this core together. And the other part of it is you have these guys that are aging as well. Like Keenan Allen's 31, Khalil Mack is 32, Corey Lindsley turns 32 in July. And if those guys are going, you're going to get those guys, you know, as close to their prime as they are right now, because they're only getting further away from it. It does feel like it puts a lot of pressure for the Chargers to win in 2023, because it's going to be very, very hard to stay contenders to keep a roster as good as the one we currently have with players that we know are good in 2024. Yeah, I mean, th that's what makes this so compelling, but that's what also makes this very scary for, for the Chargers organization because right now, I mean, they look around the locker room on both sides. They look at the offense, and they see stars. I mean, they see stars mixed with talent, mixed with some youngsters on the offensive line. Also, your skill position players, I mean, loaded with talent. You have a great uh, quarterback that's leading the charge for you right now. On defense, you have several. And I think on defense, it's the impact feels like it's a little bit more severe because of your two, you know, 30-plus million dollar uh, cap hit edge rushers that yeah. you have. And then, you know, you have J.C. Jackson. And you don't know what you, you know, that could be a huge wild card right there. You don't know it what is. he's going to be bringing to the table. You have Derwin James making $19 million per season. And so there's a lot of high-priced contracts on that side of the ball. And I think, you know, on both sides, you just look at this and, and you say to yourself, there's no way that they're going to be able to keep this entire nucleus on both sides together. So they have to be able to go out there, hopefully get some good health and be able to make the most out of this. I mean, it's all about winning in 2023. Well, and I think, like we said at the beginning, right, it's the last year of this current window. We talked yeah. about it before the show. Like if you have Justin Herbert, you're going to have a chance, but it becomes much harder with what you did in 2024. Even if you can mess around with the Herbert's number in 2024, yeah. which we're going to talk about next, right? He might not have a $30 million cap in 2024, but it's impossible to have it as easy as you're going to have it this year and being able to keep all these current players. You're going to need a lot of yeah. guys to step up into big roles because in 2024, you're going to have very limited cap space when you do get under, which is going to have to you know take a lot of guys potentially being cut or at least big names getting cuts. You have yeah. later draft picks if you have a good season, obviously, and you could need to find starting players at edge, wide receiver, corner, safety, running back, defensive tackle. Like Those are all questions that are lying for you in 2024. You don't have those questions in 2023. You can question whether Brandon Staley is good enough to get you there, right? You can question whether or not Tom Telesco put enough pieces around Justin Herbert to go get it done this season, but you can't question whether it is going to be easier this year because those are questions you don't have right now. Like you, you yeah. know who we're starting at basically every position right now. Yeah. That picture gets a lot cloudier in 2024. And David, really, I think what it comes down to is a lot of answering that question on how competitive this team can be after this year, which we know they have a loaded roster and they could have a chance to do something special or at least make a, a playoff run this year. I think how we feel about it next year is going to have a lot to do with how some of these young players we don't know as much about come in and play this year. 
The performance of the young players on this roster is critically important when factoring in how you feel like this team is going to do going forward. And it, right. it's taking a look at the younger players. It's taking a look at the 2023 draft picks, like Quentin Johnson. Is he going to be able to come in and make an immediate impact? Is Tuli Tui Pelotu going to be able to come in and be a viable edge rusher where you feel a lot more comfortable saying goodbye to one of those very, very talented veteran? Well, because, David, end? sidebar, because it feels like they're going to have to yeah. Right, a wide yeah. receiver and an edge rusher. One of the big two at each of those positions is likely gone. Like you're probably yeah. going to have to cut two of those big giant contracts. So those two guys specifically, can Tuli be a starting edge rusher in 24? Yeah. Can you know Quentin Johnson show that he's a wide receiver one or wide yeah. receiver two before 2024? Right, like yeah. those specifically, it feels like those are must. Those are huge. Yeah, no question. Even Dayon Henley too. Just with the you know with the linebacker situation, the way that is, I mean, if yeah. he comes in and is able to perform very very well, and then the second year players, Daniel, like these guys, you know, very specifically, JT Woods at safety, if he shows that he can tackle on a more consistent basis. Man, you feel immediately better about that safety position. Yeah. If Jaw Taylor is able to come in and lock down a corner role for you. At just anywhere, outside, inside, sure. star, money, anywhere, you feel a lot better about that position group. And then, of course, at running back, we've talked about it all throughout the offseason with Isaiah Spiller. That's another very uncertain position. You don't have anybody on the roster outside of Isaiah Spiller that's signed through next season. So yeah. you really need your draft picks from this year and your draft picks from last year to be able to step up answer those questions for you and then you would have a much better understanding and better feeling about the prospects of your team going forward and the team changes every year right but like next year is when the Chargers will have to get rid of some stalwarts dudes who have been there dudes who have been pro bowl players for you are all pros on other teams in the past like and then you'll have to create a new nucleus of stars, right? Around yeah. the guys like Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater and maybe Quentin Johnston, right? Like, so it's just kind of a, a passing of the guard that's going yeah. to have to happen. And it does feel like this year, though, they've told you, right? It's starting to seem more and more like they have to kind of do something this year to set up maybe what's going to happen in years, you know, that are up and coming. So yeah. it's going to be tough. This year is very, very important. This is the last year of this current core's you know, current Super Bowl window. Yep. Like, they, yep. uh, and it's hard to say otherwise because it's going to be tough to make some of the decisions they have coming up. But we did look into it and we have found ways that the Chargers not only can get under the cap, right, in 2024, but get under the cap and still keep some of their major star players in play. And why Justin Herbert may have a much lower cap hit in 2024 than he currently does. And that will definitely help things out. Coming up, right after this but i do need to tell you guys that you should be making a fast break to FanDuel during the nba playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars it was a thousand dollars and all of a sudden it's now jumped up to two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and if you're talking about you know one of the official sponsors of the nba playoffs right now it's the finals you have heat and nuggets it's all tied up a lot of great things. I mean, if you want to just go Nikola Jokic, anything over is probably always a good bet on FanDuel. But they have great promotions every day on a safe and secure app. And the best news is you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all of your playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. 
FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. David, we did get a great voicemail to start this conversation, right? That led to me and you having to record this at, you know, 224 local time for you in Texas. Because it's just, it is such a big question, right? It, what what this Super Bowl window is, how likely they are to even make a run this year, but how difficult things are going to be going forward because the Chargers are $60 million over the cap next year, which is what led to the voicemail that we got that set this whole thing up. A really, really good voicemail from Ben. Let's hear what he said. Hey, guys, this is Ben in the heart of Chiefs country, Kansas City, Missouri. So if you guys could be praying for me, that would be great as a lonely Chargers fan out here. Do you guys think that this is our last chance to make a run at the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I was listening to a different podcast, and they were saying that if we let go of Bosa, Mac, uh, Mike Williams, and J.C. Jackson after this season, we'd only be $2 million in the green in cap for next season, and that doesn't even include Herbert's contract. So do you guys feel any sense like this is our one shot to make it last year and this year are our chances, and if we don't, are we in trouble? Love the show. Bolt up, guys. It's just going to be different, right? Like it's going to yeah. be hard. But I think the one thing that is might that might be a misconception for more out there too is just what Justin Herbert's salary cap is going to be in twenty twenty four. Because right now it's looking like a big number. After the Chargers picked up his fifth year option, that puts him at twenty nine, basically twenty nine and a half million dollar cap hit next yeah. year, which took the Chargers, you know, being thirty million over the cap to being close to sixty million dollars over the cap in twenty twenty four. But the good news is, David, is we have seen with some other contracts of quarterbacks like this where the fifth-year option was already picked up. And then what that fifth-year number is is actually usually much lower after the extension gets done. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the the great examples to bring up when you're looking at contracts that you know could be somewhere in the range that Justin Herbert is going to expect, the first one that come to, came to mind to, for me was the Kyler Murray contract where, you know, obviously he had close to that $30 million cap hit before the extension. After his extension, which was five years, $230.5 million, his cap hit went from 29 down to $16 million. Yeah. So that is a gigantic difference, and it will make a huge difference on next year's salary cap for the Chargers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right there, you save $13.7 million right off the top, right? So if we're talking about Justin Herbert's extension, freeing up somewhere close to that, right, that's already going to take a big chunk out of that $60 million number, right? And every yes. team, at you know, the Saints a couple years ago were $100 million over the salary cap going into a season, right? And they figured yeah, it out. Yeah, it made you feel like the salary cap's not a real thing, but it and is And there are ways thing. to get away with it. If you're, you know, if you're willing to pay a lot of money up front to kind of manufacture how some of these cap hits, ha- cap hits happen. And uh, Lindsay Theory wrote a great article about this, too, about Tom Telesco and how he's going to plan on building around Justin Herbert once he is getting paid the big, big bucks. But you had to, like, the Saints had to lose big players, right? They lost guys yeah. like Trey Hendrickson, right, yeah. and some other free agents. But they were able to keep most of the core together. If you look at Patrick Mahomes, his was even a bigger jump, right? Patrick Mahomes should have had a cap hit of about $24.8 million with his fifth-year option. After his, you know, 10-year extension, his cap hit went to $7.4 million, right? Or they, he, they ended up saving $17.4 million on his cap hit that season. So Huge. if you're talking about somewhere between 13.7 
and $17.4 million in what the Chargers could take from Herbert's contract, it's almost hard to imagine that it's going to be a big number for him in 2024. So you yeah. still have other giant contracts you have to worry about, but Justin Herbert's extension should actually help that number and put them at least a little bit closer, give them a head start towards getting out of the salary cap hell that they're currently in, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, though, David, it's going to take some big numbers because of the big contract hits the Chargers have. I mean, if you're looking at the biggest hits, you have Joey Bosa at 36.6, Khalil Mack 38.5, Mike Williams 32.5, Keenan Allen 34.7, JC Jackson 19.4 million. There's so many, so many big ones. But there are ways, David, that the Chargers can get down, but it just feels like it has to be one of those big numbers. So, for example, right, he brought up Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Coelho Mack, and J.C. Jackson. The biggest thing is if it's for J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa, you have to do a post-June 1st cut because both of those guys are under contract more than just through the 2024 season, right? So yeah. it had to be post-June 1st cut to get really any type of big savings. But, right. for example, David, if they cut Coelho Mack, right, you cut Mike Williams, Dustin Hopkins, right, who has a $4.7 million savings if they cut him before the 2024 season, and Sebastian Joseph Day, who they could save another $7.5 million on, that would create $55.3 million in space, right? You add that plus Herbert getting $15 million freed up, and you're talking about $70 million that you've cleared up. So now not only have you gotten yourself out of the cap hell, but even you know losing some big players, but you give yourself $10 million in cap space just right there. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think when you look at this plan – one of the big two on each side is probably going to get let go. And like that's like you're just going to have to come to grips with that reality. I mean, yeah. that seems like that's what's going to happen. So under my plan, I have them cutting Khalil Mack. I have them cutting Mike Williams, J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Eric Kendricks, and, you know, factoring in the Justin Herbert extension, that gets them to around $9 million under the cap so they have some space available because it's not just about getting under the cap it's about having some operating cash to be able to sign your draft picks and to be able to have some money stored away for when you have some emergencies and you need to bring guys in during the season if you understand the chargers and you watch the way they work that is how they operate they always have some kind of reserve cash so i mean a lot of change but it's going to have to be necessary i mean after this season a lot of good players are going to be wearing new uniforms and unfortunately that's the way it's going to have to be yeah i mean i did find a way on one of the you know simulations i did if they want to keep three of those big contracts right they they could keep mike williams and joey bosa and Khalil mack if they were to cut Keenan Allen, J.C. Jackson out with a post-June 1st cut, Sebastian Joseph Day, Eric Kendricks, and Dustin Hopkins, right? So, like, that's more starting spots that you've, you know, opened up, but you keep three of your stars. So, yeah. it's going to be a preference thing, and I think another thing is it's just going to have a lot to do with how well these guys play this year. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of contracts and small contracts they can move around. You could save most of Eric Kendricks' contract, depending sure. on how he plays. Sebastian yeah. Joseph Day, you only have $2.5 in dead cap and $7.5 in savings. He yeah. seems like an expendable person in 2024, more than likely. And yeah. also, Dustin Hopkins is accounting for five of that $60 million, right? So, Dustin Hopkins and Justin Herbert by themselves probably get you to $40 million under the cap instead of 60. So, it's going to be a preference thing on how they decide to keep this thing together. You're not going to be able to keep all of the stars together, which is why we said with this current group, this is their best last chance at it, right? Yeah. At the same time... 
you can get under, right, and, and still yeah. keep most of this core together. The problem is, is you're also going to have departing free agents. So you can mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm going to cut J.C. Jackson, but you also have Michael Davis, who's a free agent in 2024 as well, right? Can you afford to lose both those guys? You also have Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, guys like that that are going to be upcoming free agents. So I want to break that part of it down and how that kind of affects things going forward coming up right after this. David, I wanted, you know, we were talking about the future and we wanted to see, you know, how the Chargers can get out of what they've set themselves up for in 2024. And it's possible, right? And and they'll have to rebuild and they'll need new guys to step up and new stars to emerge to replace some of the stars they have leaving. But that's just on today's show. As you guys know, we are locked on Chargers podcast and we will be going down to three shows a week, but we're going to make sure that they are bangers through June, three shows a week before we get back to five shows a week at some point in July, but we will later on this week have everything going on at Chargers OTAs. We're going to have some more OTAs coming up here pretty soon and are trying to line up more Chargers players interviews and we're going to have some fan mail shows as well where you guys can get involved. But I do want to look at this upcoming free agency class, David. This year, the Chargers had some big decisions to make and they had to clear up space so they could bring back guys like Trey Pipkins, guys like Morgan Fox, right? And they had to have enough space to go and bring in Eric Kendricks Next year, there's some more big names and some more starters that are headed to going into free agency, which kind of muddies the picture as far as the other guys you're going to cut, right? Because not only do you have to have cap space, but it's going to make it a lot harder to bring back the guys we're talking about on this part of the list. And it starts with Austin Eckler because he is a 2024 free agent, and it doesn't feel like he's a guy that's going to get an extension at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everyone understands uh, how that situation has gone. It's been very, very public. I think uh, kudos goes out to both parties, you know, that being Austin Eckler and the Chargers organization for for handling this situation the right way with respect, allowing Austin to go out there and look and try to find his value. That didn't happen coming back to the table and coming to a resolution to be able to take care of both sides and take care of Austin, you know, because he is. He's been a great Charger, um, a a guy who, you know, the Chargers gave an opportunity to and and he really made the most of it. But, yeah, just looking at the current, you know, salary situation, the cap situation, uh, this is probably going to be his going away party, um, you know, here in 2023. And the hard thing about it is, Josh Kelly is also a free agent, right? So, like, it would have been really, really hard to replace Austin Eckler with just one guy and everything he brings to the table. And that's why we talked about why it's so important for Isaiah Spiller to show potentially that he's an RB1 going forward because you don't really have a lot of other options. I mean, maybe Josh Kelly goes off and, you know, he's still cheap enough to bring back. I mean, it all becomes a little bit harder, like, because if the guys do really well, they're going to be more expensive, right? But if they don't do good, like, that doesn't help you You in 2023. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they put themselves in a tough spot at running back, especially after, you know, not just knowing anything about Isaiah Spiller. So with Josh Kelly also heading into free agency, that's going to make it tough. He's a very huge part of this Chargers offense and extensions, unlikely. And we don't know if we're going to know if Isaiah Spiller is ready to take over. So if you're cutting Austin Eckler, you know, in combination with, Joey Bosa and a Mike Williams, right? Or a Keenan Allen and Khalil Mack. Like, that's what makes it so hard to see what the 2024 roster is going to look like. But Austin Eckler yeah. doesn't seem like at this point there's anything he can do right now that would get him with the Chargers cap situation in 2024 back on this team. That's going to hurt. So is the Michael Davis part of this because I was hoping Michael Davis would, you know, instead of the major restructures, maybe a Michael Davis extension yeah. would help the Chargers free up some cap space this year, right? 
It didn't happen, so he's slated for free agency. But one of the guys you brought up, David, was cutting J.C. Jackson. Yeah. If you're cutting J.C. Jackson and you have Michael Davis headed into free agency, I mean, if he plays well, it seems pretty likely he's going to probably price himself out of what the Chargers can pay him. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it just seems like this is going to come down to an either-or situation after this season. It's either, you know, Michael Davis is going to come back and ball out again, and J.C. Jackson is not going to have the type of year that you paid him to, to have, you know, coming off of a very serious injury, or it's going to be the other way around. J.C. Jackson comes back, he balls out, wins, comeback player of the year, <laughs> and then you have to let you know Michael Davis go, who has been another fantastic undrafted free agent for the Chargers. I mean, just an absolute steal for the position that he plays and the you know the just the play that he's been able. You know, it's been a little up and down, but the highs have been really, really high. I mean, yeah. and for Michael Davis, if he you know produces another one of those seasons. It's going to be one of those situations. It's going to be, do I keep J.C. Jackson or do I keep Michael Davis? I mean, that's right. probably what the decision is going to have to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like Michael Davis, this is the last year of his Super Bowl run with the Chargers, yes. for sure, just because it's just hard to imagine a scenario where you can still afford him, right? Yeah. And, and not have to be cutting other players, right, or even more stars than you're already going to have to going into 2024. So I think – the worst case scenario is probably that J.C. Jackson plays really poorly, right? And, like, you have to cut him and you still don't have enough money to bring back Michael Davis. But That would be horrible. putting the cornerback room in a, a situation here because it's another guy in Jasir Taylor where we just don't know what he's going to look like yet. That's right. If him, you know, if Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., and J.C. Jackson are all on the field this year, it's hard to imagine we're going to get a great look at Jasir Taylor. So, this is a big free agent for the charge going into 2024, coming off the best stretch of his career he had in the back end of 2022. So Michael Davis is another guy that you have to factor in as far as what the next Super Bowl window is going to look like starting yeah. in 2024 when this one comes to an end and why this season in 2023 is so important. The other one, David, where there's an, not another answer in the building right now and also hard to imagine somebody steps up in that role, like Jasir Taylor, obviously you hope steps up. Yeah. Isaiah Spiller, you hope, steps up and yeah. makes those other losses more stomachable. Sure. Who's going to replace Gerald Everett, David? Because right now, that one seems like it's a – like who the starting tight end is going to be in 2024 is hard to envision right now. It is. It's very, very hard to envision. I mean, you, you look at this tight end group, and, and you don't really feel great about this year, let right. alone it feels shallow next this year. year. Yeah. yeah, it feels shallow already this year. And, I mean, we've already said it a, a million times. We'd love to see Donald Parham be able to break out and really turn all of that potential into production. But until that happens before your eyes, you can't count on it. You can't expect that you're going to see it. And, you know, the contract that they gave him is very much a you need to prove it to us type of contract. So yeah. that's going to be, you know, what it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, you got to figure that if, you know, when Gerald Everett finishes this season, the Chargers, after missing out on what was. So supposedly highly touted as one of the best tied end draft classes of the last five or 10 years, you miss out yeah. on grabbing one. You are going to have to take one in the next year's draft. And it might not be the same caliber of player that you are looking for. Well, and the problem is, is you're trying not to pigeonhole yourself into, you know, having to take those obvious having situations. to find, you know, what 10 starters going into 2024. Yeah. Like that's, what you're trying to avoid tight end it feels hard to um, hard to avoid it feels yeah. like almost no matter what at this point they're going to have to spend a top you have to draft pick in 2024 
on a tight end because it's just only Donald Barham and McKitty are under contract after the 2023 season. A starting role that has to be addressed with very limited cap space, right? So it, yeah. it really is going to make things tough. That's one. And the thing is, David, is like, you don't know, like, you brought in Trey McKitty to potentially hopefully be that guy for you and be ready to take that role on, maybe even this year, right? Not right. knowing what's going to happen with Gerald Everett. You brought in JT Woods because you didn't know what was going to happen at the end of Nazir Adderley's career, right? Or yeah. what ended up being his career, but like right. at the end of his rookie contract. Yeah. And those guys, you don't feel ready about starting. So, like, we don't know if we're going to feel like Thule's going to be a starting edge after this year or Quentin Johnson's ready to be a wide receiver one or two, right? And that's the hard thing is, like, yeah, you say, okay, well, yeah, they need a tight end, but they'll go and draft one. Yeah, they need some corners, they'll go draft one. Yeah, right. you need a running back, you'll go draft one. Like, how many can you? How many starters do you think you're going to get out of the 2024 right. draft? How many are you going to hit on? How many can you reasonably expect that are going to come in and be difference makers right away? I don't know, that, it's a hard yeah. ask. And the thing is, is it's so much projection at this point, yeah. and that's why, like, this upcoming season is going to have so much more or give us so much more information yes. about how to feel about the 2024 team. But still, goes back to Ben's point why this season is so important because these players you know are good. There's a lot yeah. of guys on this roster and some guys that aren't even on this roster yet that'll be drafted who we have no idea whether they're going to be good or not. Exactly. And there's a couple of underrated draft pick or underrated free agents going into next year too. guys like Austin Johnson, who was a yeah. starter last year when he was healthy or Tito Abonia and Scott Matlock going to be ready to take over that spot from him and potentially yeah, Alo- Alohi Gilman is Alohi another Gilman's one. the other one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, are you going to feel like JT Woods is enough? And even if that's the case, like just having JT Woods and Derwin James under it's contract not through 2023 doesn't feel great. So like, we don't know what the future holds. We know that Tom Telesco, if he's still even the general manager, We'll have his work cut out for him after this year because of the moves the Chargers made to get to this point. They gave themselves a two-year window with this core, with the Mac and Bosa and J.C. Jackson and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They gave themselves two years. The first year's done, right? You lost that year a lot because of injuries, because it blew up. Pressure's on. The time is now. Time is now. And and this year is very, very important. The Chargers will always have a chance at a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert. But for this current core... It feels like going into 2024, a lot of things are going to have to shift around. It's going to have to be a new nucleus that's created around Justin Herbert with him starting to progressively make more and more money as top quarterbacks in this game do. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back with us on Wednesday as we see you right now. More than likely, we're going to try to get to you guys so you never miss more than two days on basically the weekend worth of shows, right? We want to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So during the week, every other day, you get a show. And Wednesday, we'll be getting into the latest coming out of Chargers OTAs, which are kicking back up again this week. And we'll also have Fan Mail Friday later on in the week, as well as any news that is to come out. And you can guarantee if there is big Chargers news, we'll be back with you guys as soon as we possibly can to cover it. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. To make sure you don't miss the next show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media to make sure you don't miss it. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalk. SD as well as the show's page at Lockdown LAC. You can also hit us up on the voicemail line like Ben in Missouri did some great voicemails lately. You can do that at 323-524-7924. You can also find the show every day on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. But we'll be back with you guys as always with the latest going on in the Chargers world. We'll be back with you then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.